0: James five seven through eleven. If you're taking notes, we're continuing our series on the fruit of the spirit, and tonight we are talking about patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's where we're going tonight. The fruit of the spirit, the one we're looking at tonight, is patience. I put it in a word document, spaced it out, phrase by phrase, so we can break it down together tonight. If you've ever wondered, how do I break down the word of God? We're doing it tonight together as a group. Okay, here we go. Starting in verse seven, it says, be patient, therefore, brothers. I am going to circle, square, highlight, whatever you want to say. Be patient. That is the call to action for the listeners that James is writing to. Be patient. Therefore, brothers. The, the term brothers there is really to the who that he's writing to. He's saying if you are a brother or sister in Christ, if you're a believer, then this call to action of be patient is for you. Be patient, therefore, brothers. I'm just going to write real quick. I'm going to sit right here. This is talking about the church. Can y'all see that okay? The church. Be patient, therefore, brothers. Who is to be patient? The church. How long am I to be patient? He says, until the coming of the Lord. This phrase right there, until the coming of the Lord, what is that referring to? I'm gonna gonna let someone raise their hand tonight. Anybody wanna raise their hand and answer what it means until the coming of the Lord? Anybody know? I'm coming to see Jonah right here. Jonah, when it says until the coming of the Lord, what is that referring to? The rapture. The rapture. That is talking about when Jesus comes back for the second time. The first time he came, he was born in a manger through Mary. The son of God was born to earth, came, died on the cross, provided salvation. He rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the father. And one day Jesus is coming back. And so basically from... Basically, whenever James is writing this, until Jesus comes back, he's calling the church to be patient. Now, can I just be honest? Patience is really difficult for us, right? Patience is hard. I don't even like waiting 60 seconds for my Hot Pocket to warm up. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, I'm, come on, let's go, people. Let's chop chops, you know? If I'm shopping online and Amazon Prime isn't listed next to the object I want to buy, I'm not buying it. Because if I don't know if it's going to be here in 24 hours, they're not getting my money. I'll go find it somewhere else, right? I'm all about things showing up right now. Patience is difficult. James is calling the church to be patient. He says, who is to be patient? The church. Until when? Until the coming of the Lord. And then I want to highlight someone real quick. He gives us uh, an example. If you're taking notes, you're welcome to circle the farmer. James says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. Is anybody's family here uh, farmers? Anybody like your in your family's in the farming Anna? Yeah? Come on up, Anna. Come on, come on up here. How many of y'all would say your family's not in the farming business? Anybody? Okay, I'm with you guys. All right, yeah. Come on, real quick, Anna. I'm gonna give you the mic real fast. Who in your family? Uh, has a farm?
1: So I'm actually third generation. My grandparents were first generation. My uncle and my first cousin um, run the farm now. That's cool. What
0: kind of farm? Is it like a a dairy farm, a chicken farm, goat farm, or is it actually like crops?
1: No, it's crops. Crops. What kind of crops do they grow? Um, Cotton and soybean and milo.
0: Okay. So let's take...
1: And winter wheat.
0: Let's take, when are we, yeah, I know, yeah, they plant that in the off season. Okay, so let's take soybeans, for example. You know you know a good bit about soybeans? Listen up a little bit to get by.
1: Who likes edamame?
0: Oh, I do, actually, yeah, low-key. The yeah. There you go. Bravo. Okay, so <laughs> let's say, let's say, um, I don't know, Kravitz walks into your farm, and he says, I would like some edamame. Now, y'all haven't... Planted any soybeans yet? But he says, "I want some edamame." What is the timeline from the moment he puts that request in to the moment that he can get soybeans finally harvested for edamame? How, how long okay, would that take? So,
1: how long is usually a season? So
0: three you have planting season. Three months, right? We when you say you have
1: planting season and then you have harvesting, so it could take depending on what it is—three months, six months. It all depends.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay, so what you're telling me is that crops don't show up overnight. No. Are you sure every year is going to be like, you're going to get it for sure?
1: No, because if there's too much rain and there's a flood that can flood the land, then you can lose your crops. Okay. Or there's pesky little things like weevils and all these other little insects that can come and take over and kill all of your plants.
0: Okay, so there's a lot of things outside of your control. What is your job then? If you're a farmer, he's talking about being patient. Obviously, crops don't show up overnight. You're not in control of the weather. You're not in control of the locusts or the bow weevils or whatever those guys are. Mm -hmm. Okay, You're not in control of those things. So if that's the case, what is your role as a farmer? What what are you supposed to do then? Do you just not plant because you don't know something? What do you do?
1: No, because that would just mean I'm afraid. Yeah. So you would... Take preparation based on the information that you have um, going into the season. Obviously, um, you're going to produce or purchase whatever it is to help yeah. deter all the weeds and insects and things from killing your crop. Yeah. Um, but as far as the weather is concerned, you really can't help it.
0: Okay. When do you start planning normally?
1: Um, it did, well, we wrote. I mean, you're if you're planting soy
0: soybeans, when do you start that typically?
1: Oh gosh. But, I, I'm not the one out there. Just Plants a guess. Me, <laughs> just a guess. Just a
0: guess. When would you um, say? Okay,
1: soybeans. Um, I think they are actually probably planted at, what? I don't know. I can't really tell you. I just know more. March? Service.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That about right Donnie's now? saying March, uh-huh. he thinks. Yeah. I know so how if to when they're ready for harvest. Yeah. Right? When do when they normally ready for harvest? Do you know?
1: Um, in the fall.
0: In the fall. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Anna. Appreciate you big time. She's awesome. We got more than we bargained for. I just, yeah, that's great. Okay, so- James is saying you ought to be patient. And if you're looking for some encouragement or an example of how to be patient, he says you ought to, Jack, this is the last time, bud. Okay. I'm being patient, okay? (laughs) Exactly. Hey, Jack, I need you to go stand with Sam, okay? Stand up and go see Sam, all right, bud? Thank you, bud. He says you ought to look at the farmer to see when someone is being patient. The farmer is a great example of being patient. They go out into their field, they plant the seeds in the spring, and then they wait until the fall when eventually they can harvest their fruit. The precious fruit. Remember this: the precious fruit comes at the end of the harvest, after the farmer has waited through the rainy season, through the dry season, through the weeds growing up, through the the good days and the bad days. He's waiting until one day he can reap a great harvest. I believe James is not just comparing this to a physical farm, but he's, he's really calling us to be spiritual farmers, spiritual farmers. Who would say, we are going to plant, we're going to sow seeds in our life, and ultimately, we're going to wait for those seeds to produce the right fruit at the right time. I want you to just think about what's something in your life that's right now, something that you would love for it to be solved right now, but you're in a process of waiting, What is, you don't have to answer the question to me. I want you to simply write that down, maybe at the top of your paper, right up up here in this world. You can put down maybe one, two, three. You can put down maybe one, two, three and think through what are some of those options? What are some things in your life that you're waiting on? I can remember whenever I was in college the three things that I was waiting on. Number one, I felt God's call to ministry, but I had no idea where to go. I didn't have a church. I waited a whole year for me to find a church for me to come work at, and that church ended up being Bellevue. Isn't that wild? I felt God's call to something, and I had to wait a whole year before I could ever even have the opportunity. Another thing I was waiting on it was finding out as well what I was going to do after college as far as a degree goes. I got an accounting degree, and I knew the Lord was not calling me to do accounting, but I didn't know what it was, and the Lord called me into ministry. It took a lot of time for me to walk through that. I waited for two years trying to find out what the Lord was gonna do in my life. Another one, I was waiting for who I was gonna get married to one day, and the Lord brought me the incredible lady, Miss Reba back here in the back, and I'm gonna tell you right now, all three of these were areas that I was waiting on in my life, real areas. I'm going to be honest. Trey could probably give a rip about these three areas of my life. But for Corey, these were a big deal. Big deal. You look in my journal. If you were to look through my journal, I was writing about these in prayers to the Lord. Lord, I'm waiting on this. I'm looking forward to this. How are you going to work this out here? And the Lord continued to show himself faithful. I planted seeds. And then I waited until the harvest came and the Lord has been so faithful on the journey. What are yours? What are your three things or your two things or maybe your one thing that you are having to be patient right now, not because it's just mustering up and you wanna be patient, but because what you want is not available right now or what you are looking for, you don't have access to in this present day. What is it that God is calling you to say? Just be patient. Be like the farmer who sows the right seeds right now and ultimately one day knows that God's gonna bring about the right harvest at the right time. What is it? James shows us you ought to be patient. And the way you do that is by modeling it after the farmer, right here. Model it after the farmer who waits. The farmer is a guy who is patient and he waits until he can harvest the precious fruit. He says it again, and I'm gonna mark it for us one more time. He says, you also be patient. And then after that, he goes into a whole nother line of how you can be patient. It's so cool. It's one of my favorite things he says in this whole passage. He says, I want you to establish your heart. Do y'all see that? Y'all see that right there? Establish your hearts. What what does that mean to establish my heart? I believe what it means is it's saying you want to plant your roots of your heart with the Lord. You want to stay connected to the Lord. What I believe is this He's saying, if you want to bear the right harvest, if you want to produce the right harvest, it's going to begin with you spending time abiding with Jesus and you'll produce an abundance of fruit. If you abide with Jesus, you will produce an abundance of fruit. One of those fruits in your life will be the fruit of patience. If you'll abide with Jesus, you will produce an abundance of fruit. Listen to me, what does that mean to abide? I, I believe, honestly, from my personal experience, abiding looks like spending time with Jesus. I'm going to go see Donnie Mayo real quick. Donnie's one of my one of our leaders here in middle school ministry, one of my closest friends just is walk, walking through ministry together. He knows what it means to abide with Jesus. Donnie, tell me how you abide with Jesus on a daily basis. How does it look? You know, and I think the word abide, I think about living, like at home, you know, it's to live with Jesus. And so it's just to Day in and day out, it's not just the 20 minutes that I might read my Bible, but it's how I carry myself in my life, how, how I do my work, how I speak to my kids and my wife. It's how I uh, interact with people who frustrate me. Yeah. Uh, it's just as I live my life, it's abiding with Jesus. Uh, just like living in a home, you, know, you would abide in an abode, you would live in it constantly. Well, it's to live in Jesus constantly in every part of my life. That's perfect. Thank you so much, man. So here's the deal. If, if the goal is to abide with Jesus, then here's the moment. I want you to see this. If you want to produce the fruit of the Spirit, here it is. You have got to make it a priority, like Donnie just said, to spend time at the feet of Jesus. If you want to bear the fruit of the Spirit You have to prioritize spending time at the feet of Jesus. Donnie said he spends 20 minutes a day in the Word at least every day he's spending time in the word, he's praying, and then from there, he's seeking to take what he's learned or spent time with the Lord, and he wants to walk in that same path all day long. If he read something in Colossians that morning, it's sitting with him, and he's thinking about it all day, and he's meditating on it, and he's chewing on it, and he's all day long going back to his time with the Lord and living through that every single moment of his day. That's abiding with Jesus. If you wanna spend time At the feet of Jesus, it looks like what Donnie's doing out there, spending time in the Word and prayer and then trying to keep that same attitude all day long. Now is your chance to grab your fruit by the foot. Grab your fruit by the foot. We're going to open this bad boy up right now. Come on. Open it up. I want you to open it up. I want you to unravel it, but hold up just the... Uh, can I get one of our fruit by the foot? Can bring me one? Can I get one? Kravitz has got me. Thank you, Kravitz. You are so kind. You're learning from last week's fruit of the spirit. Bravo. All right, we're going to open this up. We're going to unravel. Y'all got some different flavors. Someone got like wild berry or something? What is that? I got purple. I got the, I got I cool. I now, here's the deal there's two kinds of people in the world who eat their fruit by the foot. One option is, y'all know it. It's the person who takes their time like this right here, right? And then like, I roll it up. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other people who go like this. I really just broke my diet. I didn't even think about it. ma'am. okay. You can eat your fruit by the foot however you want, all right? Knock it out. You have 30 seconds to go, all right? I'm just kidding. Take your time. You're fine. You're fine. hmm Here's what I believe. Here's what I think about fruit by the foot. Fruit by the foot should be a savored experience, right? Should You should not speed run this, okay? No one's trying to set a new high score, okay? You're supposed to enjoy it. You want the speed version, you eat the little, uh, what's the other one? Fruit roll up? Yeah, that one's quick, all right? Fruit by the foot, that's supposed to be like, uh, you know, of like an experience, you know, you're having a good time with. All right? So fruit by the foot. I hope this is a reminder for you. When you have fruit by the foot, I want you to be reminded of this. If you want to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life, spend plenty of time. Don't rush through it. Spend plenty of time sitting at the feet of Jesus, enjoying that time, I'll show you what I was reading this morning. I was in Colossians chapter three, or Colossians chapter one, I mean. I was so encouraged. I spent a good chunk of time on just six verses. That's all I made it today. I know what you're thinking. Six verses, come on, man. It was good, man. I was enjoying it. It was talking about Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created in heaven, on earth, what's visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And Jesus is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead and that in everything, Jesus might be preeminent. He might be first, separate, different. For in Jesus, all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to Jesus all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. I sat there and said, man, the fullness of God dwells in Jesus, and that same Jesus wants to abide with us. Can you imagine that the fullness of God dwells in Jesus and that Jesus every day when your alarm goes off tray, Jesus is saying, I just want to spend time with you. Would you just come sit at the feet of Jesus and hang out with me, abide with me. And guess what? When you do that, I'm going to help produce a harvest in your life. The fruit of the Spirit's going to be abounding in your life because you've made it a priority to walk with me every single day. I was like, man, that's encouraging. I hope that when you open the word and you get into the text, you get to spend time at the feet of Jesus, abiding with him. The fruit of the spirit will come through spending time at the feet of Jesus. Abide with him and you will bear bear an abundance of fruit in your life. One of them being the patience. Everybody out there is like, I need some water because it's all in your teeth, right? That's how you feel right now. Imagine how I feel, okay? It's probably in my teeth right now. Don't look at me, all right? (laughs) Okay, here we go. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He says next. He says, do not grumble. Do not grumble. It's a phrase that was used in the Old Testament to talk about the... um, Israelites, when they were walking in the wilderness, they were grumbling against God, complaining against God, not being patient, not trusting him. He says, don't grumble against one another. Here's the reality. When we get impatient with the Lord, we tend to get impatient with other people as well. You ever had that happen when you get, where you're supposed to be out there with the, you know, the the farmer. What is a tool a farmer uses, Anna? Come on, give us one. A plow. You're out there with a plow, supposed to be plowing like a farmer. Next thing you know, you start hitting it against the guy next to you because you get impatient or mad. Come on, that's not the move. You're not supposed to grumble against one another. And you know who he's talking to again? He is talking to the church. That's right. Remember this. The church. Don't grumble against the church that you might not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Then he says, as an example of suffering and patience, my brothers, which remember he's talking to the church. An example of suffering and patience. You're giving me an example of suffering and patience. For the church you're saying the church should expect suffering and patience yes people think that because you're suffering or because you are dealing with trials it means you're either in sin or god has forgotten you and that simply is not true you might be walking through trials in your life or sufferings in your life for the sole reason of this is because you are walking with jesus And he says this by an example through the prophets. Your next person to highlight here is the prophets. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Some of these prophets you're thinking about is all the people that we think about in the Old Testament, like um, uh, Abraham and Moses and King David. Can you think of sometimes whenever they... Um, lacked patience. Can y'all think of some moments? Maybe for Abraham. Did he ever lack patience? Anybody think of one? What you got? Do you remember what it was? Uh, uh, was That's right. He was waiting. Thank you so much, bro. Bravo, man. He was waiting for a son. Abraham was promised by God, you're gonna have a son? And he's like, yo, I'm like... I mean, like 100 years old, yo, all right? And he's waiting forever. And eventually he gets impatient with waiting on God. And what he goes and does is he sleeps with Hagar, his servant, to have a son whose name was Ishmael. The last thing Abraham should have done was try to side skirt what Jesus or what the Lord had planned for Moses, not for Moses, for Abraham, and go doing his own power. He did that, created an Ishmael in his life. And Ishmael, get this, became the enemy to the Israelites for basically all of history ishmael became the enemy to the israelites for all this all because abraham was impatient to just wait on the lord moses did moses get impatient can someone think of an example for moses what you got yeah lord, yeah he was so impatient with the people he got impatient with the lord and the lord told him to do something he did something different with the lord told him and because of that He was not allowed to enter into the promised land that he'd been waiting his whole life to go to. Could you imagine missing out on that all because he got impatient? He missed out on God's blessing because he was impatient. There's so many moments in the Old Testament we see where people grew impatient of the Lord and they missed out on God's blessing. How many of y'all want to experience God's blessing in your life? Yeah. How many of y'all want to reap a precious harvest in the right time? How many of y'all want to reap that? Yeah. Look at me. Look, I'm right here. Then try your best to abide with Jesus to bear the fruit of patience in your life. Because if you grow impatient, if you grow to do things in your own will or your own power, listen to this, you're going to miss out on the blessings the Lord has for you. Now, God's gracious and He's merciful and He's kind. And when we make mistakes, He's forgiving and works through those things. But just because He's forgiving and gracious and kind doesn't mean that the enemy won't be able to steal, kill, and destroy what He has planned for you. Doesn't mean that you won't encounter things that you might miss out on because you were not faithful to be patient with the Lord through the whole journey. He talks about the prophets. They spoke in the name of the Lord. You know what that means? They were faithful to do what God had called them to, yet they still encountered trials and tribulations. They were doing the right thing, and they still dealt with some bad, bad seasons. They were were sowing the right seeds, but they still dealt with bad storms showing up on their land. What this means for the early church and for us today is that, man, just because you were walking through a trial or a challenge doesn't mean God doesn't see you, doesn't mean God doesn't love you, doesn't mean that God has a plan. All he's asking you to do in this season is be patient. Some of these prophets end up being killed. Some of the prophets that were doing the right thing, being patient, ended up dying. I'm going to tell you something I don't feel like a lot of people say all the time. Just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean you're going to have a cush, easy, simple life your whole time. There are people who follow Jesus all over the earth right now. Different countries all over the world. And some of them are being killed for their faith right now. This This shouldn't... change your perspective on God, seeing them, or loving them, or all these things. Because here's what the beginning says. Be patient until the coming of the Lord. Be patient until it receives the early and the late rains. Be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble. This is an example of suffering and patience. These guys did the right thing, but they still suffered greatly. Jesus is saying, man, I know it's hard. Jesus was the most obedient person out of anybody we've ever seen, and his ended in a bloody cross. I don't want you to be confused, man. I don't want you to think that because you made a decision to follow Jesus at a VBS means the rest of your life is going to be just rainbows and butterflies all the time. Life is will have trials and challenges for you. You will encounter loss, you will encounter death, you will encounter problems, you will encounter failures, that's going to happen. But the good news is this, is that we have a coming savior, Jesus Christ, who will come back to this earth to right all wrongs, to take you to a place that is far greater than this earth here, and he set up a kingdom for you and for him. And that is our hope. This earth is wicked and fallen. And we will be patient on this side of eternity because guess what? What comes later is so much greater and better. That is why we have hope. That's why we become patient. That's why we abide with Jesus because we know that that's what awaits us. The eternal hope is that we have an eternal savior who's coming back. I don't wanna discount this though as well. When you live with patience, when you live with abiding with the Lord and walking in the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to know though there's also a great victory in winning that too. I can speak about Donnie. Donnie's a guy. He's encountered all kinds of challenges in his life. He can, you want to know about him, you can take it a coffee with him. He can, y'all can hang out and he'll walk you through it all. Donnie's walked through a lot of his stuff in his life. You know what he would say? Because he's abided with Jesus lived in the fruit of the spirit in his life. The Lord has given him so many blessings. I mean, the harvest has been plentiful for him in his life, not because he's a rock star. He's done it because God's been good to him. We have a great shepherd who loves his sheep and walks with them. So on the flip side of all this, that there is real suffering and trials in his life, there's also great hope that there's a great God who loves you, who sees you, who wants to provide for you, who wants to bless you in your life at the same exact time. We hold both of those, with hands wide open. And I promise, if you'll just seek to abide with Jesus, sit at the feet of Jesus, I promise he'll bear the fruit of the harvest in your life and you'll see him do a mighty work. You'll be able to walk in love and walk in joy and walk in peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Here's the last thing I'm gonna say and then I'm gonna wrap it up. Last person he highlights is Job. I'm gonna highlight that person right there. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Job was a guy that God bragged about. And Satan went to Job and he destroyed Job's life. Took his kids, took his farm, took his health. His wife told him that he should just curse God and die. And Job remained faithful and patient with the Lord. Throughout the next 35, 36 chapters of that, story of Job, Job remains faithful. He made a little bit of mistakes of just, you know, dialoguing through that, but he, he stayed faithful and patient. In the end, he does ask God some questions there, but God in the end reveals to him that God's character, that what he learned about God's character was revealed to him in the end of that book, the end of his life. And then after that, God gave him New, new children in his life, doubled his farm, doubled his influence, doubled the blessing in his life. And what we see from James here is he says, remember Job, the suffering he endured, but don't forget how the Lord was compassionate and merciful. That's the last phrase we see here. All that to say, you want to be patient? Remember the farmer who plants his seed and waits until the harvest. Remember the prophets who were faithful. man, they were so faithful. Yet in the middle of the faithfulness, they still encountered suffering and trials. You're not alone. They encountered it as well. And then thirdly, remember Job, who although he suffered greatly, he remained steadfast, and in that, the Lord was so compassionate and merciful to him. Don't grumble establish your heart in the Lord, spend time at the feet of Jesus so you'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. And I guarantee you this, you will walk in an attitude of patience. How many of y'all would like to have some patience this week? Anybody? If you want patience, then let's start this week off strong. Let's spend time abiding with Jesus, spending time in the Word of God, praying and walking with Him all week long. And I guarantee you this, you're gonna start seeing the fruit of the Spirit start to overflow in your life.